Hey friends, welcome back to We Ruined Everything. I'm Kayla. I'm David. And we are a millennial couple doing this podcast, talking about everything. All about that SJW life. You know it. <laughs> so by the time this is posted, it's probably going to be a week before Halloween. Uh, or a few days before Halloween. Okay, sure. We'll see when I get Sorry, this out. was I yeah. giving you a too short a timeline yeah, we'll there? We'll see. <laughs> I could probably do it. What are you bringing us today? Well, today we're going to start off with I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. Uh, so, hi, yeah. Welcome to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. Brought to you by We Ruined Everything. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Go check out CandyRoadCrash.com. You'll get links to everything we're talking about here today. K N D R O G U E. C-R-A-F-T-S period C-O-M. So can the people find your spooky artwork on the website uh, or are you no. not posting that yet? I'm doing a whole set of spooky things on my Instagram, just DL Puga Art. Yeah, so go check that out if you want to. Uh, I'm proud of at least half of them. <laughs> so They're all good. So we did a lot of spooky stuff recently. Saw a lot of spooky stuff. That's right. Halloween 24-7. That's us. Pandemonium 2019. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> We're very low-key excited right yeah. now. But you showed me this thing. You told me about it, and I went and looked the trailer up. And it's like synthetic skin, but still pretty much skin. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you would see in a cyborg or Terminator or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you put on your phone or a uh, tablet. Yeah, it's a case. It's a case. It's a skin case. And it's really ashy and gross. Well, there's two variants. There's okay. like a smooth, regular, like fake, fake. looking skin. Uh-huh. Still feels real, apparently. Has the elasticity, all that stuff of real skin. And then there's a uh, monster variant. Monster. It's supposed to be like realistic, but it just looks like a zombie. I mean, it doesn't look decrepit and rotting it just looks lumpy and and like the person needs lotion sure which is disturbing i don't know why you would do that why would you want to hold yes your phone and have it feel like flesh but that's not even the creepiest part about it 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 uh can sense what you do to the case so yeah it has uh nerves i guess sure um well i guess the sensors i think is what we call them yeah so i think it's a project that's being talked about and pitched and like a demo was made with it right so this is just a prototype yes yeah, it's a prototype and i think this tagline skin on which is what's called skin on Ugh. skin on interfaces <laughs> are sensitive skin-like input methods that can be added to existing devices to increase their capability you um it mimics the texture and feel of human skin the whole point of it is trying to reproduce a layer of sensation that can track, you know, gestures like strokes, stretches, grab, and tickles that skin could do. Like little light gestures. Those all sound like gross pervy words. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's uh, applications for that too. Ew. <laughs> um, of course they are. It translates those touches into inputs like, you know, uh, same thing as what we do on our screens right now. You know, stretch, zoom. It's open source, so you can kind of use whatever you want to kind of make it do whatever you want it to do. So you can like just download the stuff and program mm. what you want it's gonna sound weird a that sensation to <laughs> yes implications as well okay i gotcha um, and then like you said earlier it comes in smooth and textured variants uh it, the textured variant looks like it, it has wrinkles and pores and weird skin uh, <laughs> so tone lumpy. so i think the idea behind it's pretty cool i don't know if the way they went about it is sure i 
marketing it as a phone case is interesting. Yeah. So we were talking about this, yeah, in terms of um, AIDS for people with disabilities and people who have prosthetics, where this could have some pretty helpful full applications to yeah. this. Um, it's project. still just infancy. So sure, yeah. a long way to go, but I could see this being used in the, uh, you know. Sex toy industry? Yeah, the real doll. The other pervy implications we were talking about? Sure. <laughs> That's what pushes commerce, right? I don't know. Right, sure. But anyway, it's interesting and weird uh, technology. Yeah. Like I said, we'll have a link to that trailer, that little demo. So is it like a Kickstarter video or is it just I a... think she's trying to get major funding on it, maybe. Okay. It kind of reminds me of Cronenberg movies so i need to show you like existence which was like a whole uh movie about biological interfaces working with video games and stuff like that i still think that sounds like a male enhancement pill and i think there was one called that yeah <laughs> um it's a brave new world <laughs> and controller oh technology yeah. oh boy Ew. <laughs> <laughs> just, just realized something no, you said controllers. So then I thought about the Xbox and I'm like, okay, so what if the controller did pick up on your inputs? I mean, it does. I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it has buttons. It's pretty much just a new version of touchscreen. I just, so I went to the page where he's pitching it. It focuses in on human skin over and over and over again. And it just makes it weird to me. Like yeah, if you man, ordered anything else, maybe mention human skin one time. Would it have been less weird if they were like, it has a leather texture instead of, hey, it's human skin. Maybe. You have this leather textured case that can sense input. Dude, that just seems fancy. I'd love that. Yeah. Or like right? go the opposite realm. Put scales on it. <laughs> Put Make it yes. themed, you know? Yes. How many people would love like a dragon skin phone case that senses what you're doing? Ooh, That's me? magic. That's me? magic. And you... Also showed me another thing. Did I? Yeah, slime molds. Hey, yeah. Which I've known about but for not a while. Like but like Nickelodeon slime no. and you have molds that you press it into. More like uh, Zelda choo-choos, real life versions of those. Yeah. I learned about them a long time ago and I forget about them. Oh, but the molds don't forget about you. <sighs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> They're called, I think the Latin is Physerum polycephalum, which means many-headed slime. Apparently. Nice. Yeah. So it's a Cerberus? A Hydra. Sorry, I've been reading a lot of Persephone and Hades stuff. Um, it's a unicellular organism, meaning it's only single-celled, which I'm still not sure what that means exactly. Because it grows. Yeah, so if it's just one entity that expands or if it's the same cell. One type of cell? Because it grows and it grows back if you split it, right? Yeah. It didn't tell me if it grew back two oh. different versions of itself or just one of them. One end li lived. Sorry. Do you want to tell us what it is before we start talking details? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's a, it's a, like a single cell. Or, it's kind of like uh -huh. an amoeba almost. A giant amoeba. It used to be considered a fungi, but it didn't have any chill. So. Uh. <laughs> it kind of looks like a. Snot. Yes. It looks like living Crossed snot. Crossed with like moss. At one of the. Of. One of the nicknames for it is the blob, right? Mm-hmm. Just like the old movies. Yeah. What did they just uh, not released it like it's a movie, but they just uh, added it to the to Paris Zoo. Yeah, Paris? Zoo in Paris. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm Why sure did it's I think it was places. Philadelphia? 
Because everything's in Philadelphia. One of those places. Everything with weird stuff, Philadelphia. (laughs) Philadelphia experiment, all that stuff, you know? Uh, So it's a bright yellow organism, like snot, like we said. It's neither plant nor animal. It's yellow? It looked green in the picture. It's bright yellow, so I guess it has that weird... It's lemony, limey. Yeah, well, it just looks kind of green, even though it's not. It's like a sickly glowing... (laughs) Even though it's not. Uh, (laughs) It puns. (laughs) It grows four centimeters an hour. It's a slow boy. 30. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It has 700 different sexual types, speaking of which... Uh, what 700 different sexual types what does that even mean if Uh, it's one cell like let's say uh well maybe it does split maybe that's what that means now that i put them together if it splits up and it becomes two different organisms it doesn't mate with itself they don't know what this thing is that's what this all means essentially yeah it's capable of learning despite not having a brain or any kind of nervous system whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) it's capable of advanced decision making Learning and long-term memory. This is terrifying. <laughs> it can find its way through a maze, and it can construct transport networks that are more efficient than a lot of things that we do as humans. It has no mouth or stomach, but can detect and digest foods, and it loves eating oats. No brain, but it's smart. No stomach, but it eats. It sounds like a riddle It's It's something. an alien. It's an old one. Yeah. So it's Lovecraftian. It's, this is it's why you wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Pretty much. And if you know what that is. It's, it's, and if you don't do bad. It's like, oh, well, Shotgoth and H.P. Lovecraft is pretty much a sentient primordial ooze and can transform into anything super smart, super powerful. I wonder if this is like a throwback to the beginning of life in the planet and just stayed the same. Or it's an alien. Yeah, panspermia? Excuse me? That's what the, that's the, <laughs> I think that's how it's. I might be missing Pardon a couple me? of letters. But that's the uh, theory that life came from a meteor. Oh, okay. And I wonder if this thing came from a meteor and it's not from Earth proper and just adapted. So it hates UV light and blue light. And I think those lights damage it. But it can be trained to differentiate between other colors of light and respond to them in certain ways. Oh, that's right. Because I also remember reading that you can train it to detect caffeine, which is also something that affects it negatively and teach it to avoid it. Right? Yeah. So it, it's trainable. Wait, sorry. I'm just bagging up and hearing what you're saying. So it can sense different colors in the spectrum. Yes. Other than UVA and yes. UVB. It is, it is our future <laughs> overlord. I can't wait till we start teaching it to do art and music and they start posting that stuff on the internet. And what you were saying earlier about regeneration, it regenerates within minutes. So moves four centimeters per what? Hour. Hour. But it can regenerate in minutes? It regenerates in minutes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my own notes. <laughs> so when it is uh, subjected to UV light, though, there's two things it can do. Um, and one of them is really cool. So the other, it's not as cool, but it's fine. It's whatever. It gets little spores and it just kind of dies and releases its spores into the area. One of the reasons it, it was thought to be fungi because it looks like a mushroom when it does it. Um, the other thing it can do is it hardens into Wait, a... so it has spores? Yes. So then it does have other types of cells, right? I think this creates it at its death. Okay. So it dies, leaves things behind. It's a weird <laughs> creature. So as you're talking about this, all I can think of is the oil pollution glob monster from Fern Gully. And he starts out really little... And just blobby, and then he grows huge, and you know. I hope they we never block the sun out. I would hate to see what happens in this. It's just unimpeded and just becomes whatever it's going to become. But the second thing it does when it's exposed to light, so it hardens into a sclerodium. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is a, a hard uh, casing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it survives for years in a sort of stasis. It is an alien. And reactivates when exposed to water. Wait, no, no. So it's those little like washcloths things that they like press into little molds and it like yeah. looks like a superhero. You, throw it you in put water, it in water and it like, yeah. It's a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur. <laughs> and, uh, but it confused with another blob of the same genetic makeup and it merges into one organism. Becoming a fused organism that has memories from both of them and all the lessons learned. So is this one of its 700 sexual whatever Dude, things? I, yeah. It truly becomes one. Truly becomes and one. And they share the information. Yes. How has it not taken us over yet? Maybe we're its pets. It's just biding its time. Yeah, it's between them and, and uh, octopus. That's that's it. They're both just waiting for humans to kill themselves off. The cephalopods and the blobs can fight it out for world You know domination. what that sounds like? A really awesome movie. H.P. Lovecraft stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what that... Holy crap. Write huh. that down. Yeah, oh man, it's we already gotta pitch been, this. It's been written down. No, I have volumes ours. of books about that. <laughs> it's our future overlords, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we should just mm-hmm. choose your side. Hopefully, hopefully, you'll, you'll yeah, win. we'll be around to see the the civil war. Yeah, that's really the great war. Yes, the war of the ancients. Oh yeah. Oh man, I like that. That's a cool name. Okay. So we also saw Maleficent recently. Yes. Yeah, which is spooky, also. Demon, uh, sure. demon fairies. Hell yeah! Sure. Mistress of evil, I believe it's called. Sure. I didn't write that down. I should have. Uh, that sounds good. Yeah. So Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. So what did you think of the movie? You're a big fan of the first movie. So, yes, just of Disney's Sleeping Beauty in general, the original animated one. I remember watching at my grandma's house a lot. She had it recorded on VHS with commercials and everything. And so I really liked it. I liked Maleficent as a villain. So when the new live action reimagining of it came out, because it's not, I mean, it's not a shot for shot like the new Lion King or anything. Yeah, this is like it took the story and went in a different direction. Yeah, sure. We learned more about Maleficent herself because she's honestly the most interesting character out of the original i yes have nostalgic reasons for liking the original animated movie and then maleficent when it came out um you know i thought angelina jolie did a really good job i like kind of the humanizing of a villain and the retelling of a story and it's not what you thought and i like underdog stories and so kind of made her seem like an underdog who was just misunderstood. It's one of the reasons I left Ganondorf on Zelda. <laughs> yeah. Same kind of reasons. So yeah, I was excited to see the second one. And it I mean, it was really good. It was exciting. It was PG, but way too adult in places in terms of violence. Like you. So let's talk about, give me a synopsis. A synopsis of the second movie, Mistress of Evil. So Aurora, the human, is queen over the marsh. I don't I know. So, what yeah. are they, the, the moors. The Feylands. The moors yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So all the fairies and all of the little mythical creatures or whatever. The human prince proposes to her. They have a family dinner with both of the in-laws. And it turns out her future mother-in-law is a terrible, evil person. 
and she hates the um, fae people and pretty much declares war. Maleficent finds out she's not the only one of her kind. Um, Queen is beaten and everybody lives happily ever after. They introduced one of the coolest things in this universe, I think. What was that? The Dark Fae are awesome. The whole movie has a really diverse cast of people. It's not just, you know, the old... There's uh, diversity. Yeah. European type of thing, which it's nothing but like light-skinned people. Mm-hmm. Which would be, a, it's a strength. But with the Dark Fae, they're almost relegated to the mystical minority. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's one of those things, like I always say, problematic stuff, but it's still cool. And I still think a lot of that stuff is awesome. I still think... Their culture was awesome. The look was awesome. Big horned angel looking <laughs> things is, is always great. Yes. Their their world where they came from, the diversity that they created among the dark fairies or dark fae or whatever they called them like was kind of world. interesting. To me, they did all seem coded as indigenous peoples in some regards. I don't necessarily know that that was a bad thing or a good thing. Thing. It's probably it a, a little bit of both. Yeah. But it was something that I noticed. And then yeah, one of the other criticisms I had seen, but I didn't really think about while we were watching the movie was yeah, the the kind of mystical person of color who there to teach our white hero a lesson. Which is unfortunate in that Jolie does such an awesome job, but at the end of the day it is a white savior movie. Mm-hmm. Uh so Chuato Ediofor plays a chieftain and he ends up, I don't want to ruin the movie. Some stuff ends up happening. I already ruined it. Did you? I said everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah. But he his whole story is pretty much there to move Maleficence forward. No real other reason. And I think he does a great job playing that character. The guy who plays Francis in Deadpool is the other lead of the Dark Fae. Do we just want to say spoilers so we can talk about the stuff that... Sure. Did you like Maleficent too? Oh, overall, yes. Yeah. There were a few things I struggled with, but overall, I enjoyed it, even though there's some problematic issues. But this is what we talk about. Yeah. You can still like things, yeah. even if you have problems with it. I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the first one. I liked the first one just fine. But this one's pretty much straight up a fantasy war movie, which some people I've read think that's a, that detracts from it. But I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a sucker for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my bread and butter in fantasy. Well, yeah, and before we, I guess we move on to spoilers, I like that you have a female villain, yeah. you have a female hero, mm-hmm. you have a female anti-hero, um, and then you have, I mean, a lot of female coded supporting characters, because I mean, some of them are mythical creatures, so who knows if they're male or female, but that, you know, also have heroic moments. Sure. Um, are badass in situations. Yeah, this movie had a lot of... Really great things going for it. Mm-hmm. I recommend go watching it. Mm-hmm. it. It's a big screen movie. The war part of it, the fantasy, the magic. It's good to see on a big screen. Yeah. Um, so spoilers now, I guess. Oh, yeah. So Chuatul dies, his character. Right. To give his power to Maleficent. I mean, he makes the choice to save her life. Not like he willingly sacrificed himself to do this. It's just the things in the story led him to have to die, I guess. And so... Like we talked about, we saw criticism of, you know, okay, he's a person of color. He actually gives his life so that she can make a literal transformation into a better being, human, whatever. So the other option then, because the other lead 
dark fae beside Maleficent herself. Screen, yeah. Is Screen or Francis that we've been talking about. And so his character is very, I don't want to say warmongering, but he is very pro-violence, pro-war, which I think if you had a person of color, like if their roles were switched, if the characters were switched in the roles, I think that could have negative connotations too, to have the person of color be the one who is calling for violence. Which is always the danger when you're using the fantasy creature as minority. Right. And maybe the solution is to just have two people of color be the two kind of the devil and the angel on Maleficent's shoulder in how she should respond to the humans. Speaking of which, there was a rumor that came out that was proven false, but that Xavier and Magneto on the new X-Men were going to be men people of color, at least. Um, And I think that would have been really interesting. Yeah. I mean, because Magneto, his his character, his backstory, whatever, can still be... Yeah, you can do a lot of stuff. (laughs) Bye. Because if you go with the original in World War II, he'd be in the 80s, 90s now. I think that's an interesting way to go, and I think they should have. There's not enough of that. It's a neat aside. So the part where I thought it started getting too adult was (laughs) (laughs) the violence. Oh, I loved it. But I told you when we walked out of the theater that it was a movie that if I had seen it when I was a kid, I would have loved it and would not have noticed the levels of murdering (laughs) that goes on in it until later in life. They do. You have a creature making, literally making weapons of mass destruction, tries it out in front of the evil queen on yeah one of his own people on screen and then you have those weapons go off murder a bunch of people who don't come back at the end of the movie so it turns the fairies and the fae into whatever they are so you have these big ent type trees who turn into just trees i mean they die essentially they become yeah they lose their sentience they become just another piece of nature just a flower just a dandelion yeah bush whatever but you don't see them turn back into the creature no it seems very final seems very final and so there's this scene where they get all the fey people to go into the church Mm. they lock them in there and then you have a very slow deliberate process of killing them yes it's like um in patriot you know, it's like during the Civil War and they lock some people in the church and they burn the church down. Like it's a slow. It's essentially that. Yeah, it's pretty close death. to that. Yeah. And of course, it reminds me of the recent. I'm getting emotional. Um, Synagogue shootings, mosque shootings, church shootings and bombings. Like I just really hated that imagery in it. And, you know. So I get what you're saying. Some I of think the characters die. That makes me appreciate what they were trying to do a little bit more. I they tried to make maybe. it as real as they could without... feels exploitative to me, but maybe there is a message in there. I mean, the message is that you shouldn't judge me. It's a very old school, Disney kid friendly, you know? Oh, man. But it, the, they use real imagery to put that forward. And I think this movie could be a, a way to, you know, actually start Introduce talking to those kids. topics, yeah. Because there's stuff like that is happening. Maybe. Yeah, no, it is. Whether they could do it more sensitive or be better about it, that's a conversation to have. Uh, the yeah. fact that it was in here, I, I appreciate that. Trying, like I said, good sci-fi, good fantasy is always a mirror of society and what's going on, if you're doing it right. And it's it's 
one of the oldest ways in modern era anyway of of tackling that kind of thing uh so i appreciated it but like you said the, i'm assuming the indian is what you're going to talk about yeah. to what you're saying up until the very end where we have the wedding scene um <laughs> it does a lot better job i guess taking a stand on how it views the destruction that the humans were trying to bring as opposed to joker who brought up topics but then Didn't they don't take it. a stand on it yeah, yeah this so, one was straight up like hey look at all this horror this is horrible this is bad this is bad it's yes just, it wasn't it wasn't ambiguous it was like this no right and i told you i like I, I was really afraid that when we see the dark face saying hey you know we think war is the answer here it's because they have been attacked because there has been a genocide <laughs> of their people and so, sorry, I wasn't laughing because it's funny. I oh, think no. I laugh because I get uncomfortable. Sure. So um, I was afraid it was the movie was going to say that the Dark Fae were the ones should take the higher road and be peaceful and not fight back and all this. But it doesn't. I don't think the movie punishes them for defending themselves because no. they do try to fight back. It puts the onus on the aggressors. It does. And I, I, I liked that. I appreciated it. And if there had been another way, you could believe that the Dark Fae would have taken it. But I mean, it makes it seem like they tried every way. Like it Mm -hmm. was every corner of the world they were run off. Mm -hmm. And once Prince Philip declares that they're not going to fight anymore, they stop. They accept it. Yeah, Yeah, they don't keep. Except for one weird scene with the Queen, with the uh, Dark Fae (laughs) kind of. Oh my gosh. I thought she was going to be straight up murdered too. She should have been. It almost feels like they. we're going for that, that ambiguous, like, hey, we're not going to show you what happened there. But then kind of chickened out and yes. made her a goat. And that's, is... that's one of my biggest problems <laughs> with the movie. Was, I'm sorry. It was a problem. But the actual scene was hilarious because there's that one person in the back of the So she, she gets dropped from, like, pretty high up, lands right on her face. It's, it's witty. It's whatever. It's fun. But somebody in the back just goes, ha <laughs> And that just made me... Lose it. It made everybody laugh. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty funny. But I think the biggest problem for me in the movie is, mm-hmm. is that kind of ending is that it has this hardcore everything and then it does child's fantasy ending. It does, which I also like and I look for in my Disney princess movies. And it was rated PG. But you have the queen who's still alive, but a goat at the wedding. You have one of the dark fae who just screamed the most horrific cry of pain and agony when she sees one of her loved ones just disappear but so at the end at the wedding she's making eyes at somebody and and being all flirty and you have the actual dude who made the weapons of mass destruction who turned against his own people at the wedding and everybody just accepts it it's totally weird in that way that it still tried to be a happy fantasy and they lived happily ever after this was this was a lord of the rings war it really was this was not like a disney it was just so brightly colored sure but (laughs) this was down in dirty stuff like uh, hell i would say it rubbed up against some some of the more hardcore game of thrones stuff just without the blood yeah and that's i think what makes a pg is there's no blood when <laughs> people get shot they kind of poof into ashes or they're screaming they turn into flowers or it's a good movie great totally inconsistent in some places <laughs> yes it's it's a good movie that has a lot of weird choices but i dug it because of those i, I would have preferred something different at the end but i get it 
Yeah. Church scene will mess you up. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's it, this is a Disney movie. You have this is a this isn't even Marvel. This is Disney. <laughs> the only real movie we saw. If we saw anything else, I forgot about it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the only thing we saw in the theater. We have, and we haven't talked about it in a lot recently, is video games. We've been playing a lot of spooky ones. Woot woot. Um, I think me and you started Little Nightmares finally. We bought it two years ago. Mm-hmm. Planning to play it for Halloween, and we just never got around to it until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not done with it yet. We're not done. We got in maybe half, halfway mark. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, which it's it's a little cute game, kind of like Maleficent, that it's cutesy, but man, is it horrific and hard <laughs> in a lot of places. So you play a little girl who wakes up in a ship somewhere, and there's giants everywhere, and each giant either wants to keep her as a doll or eat her or something else. We haven't gotten further enough in the game to know. Um, and it's really, really great at... Amping the atmosphere up. Like, I was a lot more horrific than I thought it was going to be. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So much dark. I mean. Like, the environmental storytelling is really great, but also really, yeah. I didn't expect it. One of the very first scenes, or one of the very first rooms you enter, there's a guy hanging from the ceiling. You just see his legs and feet hanging and dangling. And a chair beneath them. It, it just gets you ready for this is going to be a somber, oh melancholy game. I just game. was not. I just was not prepared <laughs> for that. You're like, oh, this is cute. I like the. <laughs> yeah, and I love that that kind of juxtaposition there. It's cutesy graphics, but then it's like a really hard story. Man, I've just been duped too many times this week with something that seems cute, and it turns out it's terribly, horrifically dark. So. I'd, I'd recommend going and playing it or watching. Uh, a let's play of it yeah just to get the feel of it Um, yeah and you'll get you know the background story because that's really where it all is i feel like yeah it's It's looking at all the details around yeah so it's one of those really great stories where they drop you in a place they don't tell you anything about it and you figure it out as you play uh which i always appreciate in games we also play i've been playing hollow knight which has been really great and that one is gothic as hell it is hp lovecraft by way of tiny bugs it's been really great metroidvania type of game um, which is like a 2D, you get powers, you can go back to other places, you know, keep exploring more as you get new powers. And I've had a lot of fun with it. I like the art style, it's really pretty. Art style is beautiful. Even though there's a lot of dark colors to it, for some reason I still feel like it's pretty colorful. It tries to keep that balance there because it still is cutesy characters and cute bugs, but it gets hardcore when it wants to. There's parts Story that you of can see me week. play. Yeah, there was parts of it. You're freaked out about playing certain parts and uses sound effects really well. Uh, mm-hmm. The ambience is really great. So now have you finished it? I'm, I'm close. I'm at the end, but I'm trying to do all the extra things. Are you a hundred percenter? Not a hundred, maybe like 90. <laughs> I'm happy there. Squids and slimes and stuff like that. Because we played a game a while back, co-op game, Sundered. Oh, yeah. And we were addicted to that game. This was a surprise to me. I didn't know what you were going to yeah. say. And Sundered was a really, really great game. I enjoyed that until I broke it for myself. You seem to do that with a lot of games, though. I they do, do the same exact kind of break. Is Where it... I'm really close to the end, and all I have to do is like fight the final boss, and then for some reason I can't yeah, inventory gives out. my... Yeah. Uh, the game stops saving. That's happened, what, and... This game, mm-hmm. Dragon, Dragon Age, Age Inquisition, uh, Fallout 4, yeah. I believe, happened too. 
How do you keep breaking games that specific way? I don't understand. You're just jealous. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> such a talent. That's that's your brand. <laughs> but Sundered, we played it individually and together. It's a co-op game. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? You didn't even expect to like that game that much. Were those my expectations? I don't remember. Yeah, I think we bought it so we could play together. <laughs> I just remember. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just so I just remember that once we started playing, I really liked breaking the little clay pots to get all the jewels. <laughs> so I just wanted to get all the jewels. Plus there were what? Three different endings. And so we were working on one. I worked on one then, of my own. And then, yeah, I think think i worked on the others i think you ended up doing all three yourself and it is lovecraftian as hell it really is i mean it's supposed to be too right it's not yeah. just an accident that it's female lead way. which isn't this still doesn't happen yeah. as much as you would expect is she supposed to be a person of color too? yeah okay she's from the african continent so i'm assuming yes gotcha yeah and it's about an elder god trapping yeah. you and you trying to figure fight your way out and you either become more evil or you kind of stick to your humanity, depending on what ending you're going for. Or in between. And that changes mm-hmm. the way you go through the levels, too, which is a really, really mm-hmm. fun little thing. And it changes the end boss. Is yeah, that right? changes the a end boss. Bit? Yeah. The music was beautiful, I thought, in that game. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of video game music. No. Uh, yeah. That's why I got <laughs> in the profession I got into. Uh, but yeah, this had some of the hardcore, beautiful boss music. Of any game I played in a long time. I'm sorry, I like hardcorest as a verb, Hard as an adjective. Core. I mean. It worked. You understood. <laughs> I'd recommend that. I recommend all of the games we talked about: Hollow Knight, Little Nightmares, especially with somebody. Yeah, Sundered can really start to mess with your brain. Oh yeah, Sundered is really oppressive and just mess with it's you. Good to have somebody there with you. Um, anything? Any recommendations that you have for anyone? Ooh, recommendations. A podcast called Behind the Bastards. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is hosted by Robert Evans, who used to write for cracked.com. If you guys remember that online, I don't know. It's not it's a still around. magazine. It's not the same. It's not. It's not the same. But he is also uh or was also a war correspondent journalist. Um, and so he goes back sometimes. He just went back to Syria recently to talk to the people there about, uh, what's going on. But anyway, his podcast is, as he describes it, about the, telling you about things you didn't know about the worst people in history. But he also talks about, um, people in our modern history as well if you want to call it that. So he's covered things from um, Paul Manafort, who that was the very first series that I listened to of his. I think it was a two-parter, which was terrifying, the things that this man has done. And it's a good thing he's in jail and he should probably be in there longer. To, uh, let's see, the how the anti-vax movement got started movies that Hitler liked to watch, just weird stuff. Um, He's a comedian, though, and so while he's telling you these terrible things, he tries to keep it lighthearted. Yeah, so it's deep dives with a comedic bent of horrible, horrible people. But just be forewarned, there is a lot of language (laughs) and gallows humor. You gotta expect that from that kind of podcast. So yeah, (laughs) you gotta keep it balanced. Do you have any recommendations? I mean, Hollow Knight, go play that. Go play Hollow Knight. It's really great. And I guess with that, we'll bring our last October podcast to an end. Uh, well, you guys 
have a safe Halloween. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. And we'll see you next time. Bye.